Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. The wall. Yes, that wall. The one between the United States and Mexico. Regardless of who pays for it, is it a good idea, especially when it comes to religious liberty? Here to share insights is Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Lincoln, didn't I hear you humming the song, Don't Fence Me In, recently? <laughs> Care to explain? <laughs> that, that could be the theme song of this program. That's good. And you sort of missed part of the game. There's a lot of talk about building a wall uh, with Mexico, but I'm not sure that the wall may not be to the north either. Uh Uh, We've had some very public disputes between the the U.S. president and the prime minister of Canada. Punishment was mentioned. Maybe a wall's planned. Mm -hmm. I've often traveled between Canada and and the U.S. and and, uh, over on the west, as you cross the border, slowly, I mean, it could be hundreds of cars ahead of you. There's a, a gateway there, a sort of an archway, and it says something to the effect that may nothing ever impede the travel between our two countries. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. But, you know, I'm joking about it, dark humor. But there's no question the world changed in some unpleasant ways after 9 11 as, as panic yes. took possession of a lot of, certainly a lot of the leaders in the United States, and yeah. we're living out the aftermath of that. But since the last election, there's mm. been a lot of continuing talk of building a wall. And the assumption is, I think it's sort of the old saying writ large, that good fences make good neighbors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we'll see. But the idea is if you erect a tall enough wall, and I haven't spoken to the presidential engineers yet, but I'm thinking that it has to have deep foundations too, because tunneling is pretty popular in the occupied territories in Israel or in uh, the Gaza Strip. They found that there's been a lot of tunneling. They get things through. And in North Korea, the North Koreans have built tunnels big enough for tanks to come through. <laughs> but I, I don't want to spoil the, the president's grand plan. So, But I'm just hoping that it has, uh, for his sake, that it has deep foundations. But, you know, the idea, if it's deep enough and high enough, the trouble goes away. Yeah. You could ask that of the posthumous society in China that built the Great Wall or the Romans that built Hadrian's Wall. Yeah didn't seem to work. But there is one wall that with Liberty Magazine and anybody that believes in freedom of religion, we need to uphold. It's what has been called the wall of separation between church and state. Mm. And I've been to meetings with some very well-meaning, mostly Christians who are talking about religious liberty, but have a different model of how to, to go about it. And I've heard a few of them say, well, the wall's not in the Constitution. We don't believe in it. And this is most unfortunate because if you study a little history, the framers of the Constitution, almost to a man, were from a uh, Judeo-Christian background. While they didn't all subscribe to what we would call today orthodox theology, a few of them were deists, but that was relatively acceptable in in that society where you you weren't going against religion, you believed in God, you believed in faith, good living, and so on. So... it's probably as good a Christian as most people that put it on the census form now. Yes. <laughs> it means little to them. They were born within 
I say it, or at least as they went to work, they drove past a church. Oh, I'm a Christian. Yeah. Uh, that's about all it takes for many people. But the, back then they knew that it was a little deeper, and you, you would have a heartfelt position on, on the order of things, and God figured pretty highly in it. That's why even Jefferson, who was probably the least orthodox of any of them, put in the Declaration of Independence, you know, that the, uh, the Creator gave us these inalienable rights. Okay, Lincoln, if they are so right for us, if we have these rights, what's the problem? Why are we struggling with this when we tend to tell each other, well, we have these rights, but we really don't? What's going on? Well, (laughs) it's a matter of longer history that I've often mentioned on this program, but these these were Englishmen, I mean, colonists, in the derogatory term of the day, I guess, and they didn't like that, but they were Englishmen abroad. They knew their history. They knew that not too far distant, barely a long lifetime before, England had had the Civil War and a religious dictatorship and a lot of religious intolerance. They, of course, looked back to the Reformation and the post-Reformation challenges of Bloody Mary, who persecuted Protestants bloodily. You know, so they had salutary lessons about how the state and individual faith interacted. And they were not against religion. In fact, any number of them made comments to the effect that you couldn't really have an adequately functioning democracy without religious faith. Hmm. Hmm. Something that's not discussed nowadays very Hmm. much at all. And I think it's our larger peril. But they didn't want the state in the religion business. Mm -hmm. And they felt that religion would flourish more freely if it was unimpeded by uh, the state. Well, now, wait a minute. If if religion was important to the framers of the Constitution that it exists, that it be here, what does, I can say what did, what does religion bring to the mix that is so important to a non-religious organization called a country? Well, it clearly brings to the mix an inculcation of uh, interpersonal morality. Mm. And, you know, it's a complex discussion, but there's a very good argument, and Thomas Jefferson himself got into it in the negative when he tried to prove that English common law was not based on biblical principles. And he's largely right, but there is a very good concurrence between most of the Ten Commandments and uh, the, the, the great body of law that goes back to and beyond Magna Carta and, and the protections that you have from state control on someone, the, the, the freedom of the gospel. You know, Paul says you're not bound by law per mm-hmm. se when you're a law-abiding person. In other words, a rose by any other name still smells sweet, right? I'm trying in a backhand way to, to really encourage those, I think, who become misguided in advancing mostly Christianity in the U.S., thinking that they need the state behind it. But the very separation of church and state is not antithetical to that faith. It's the most supportive dynamic you you can imagine. Of course, they put into the Constitution no religious test for public office. In the first treaty, the Treaty of Tripoli said this country wasn't in any way, shape, form or manner founded on religion. It was for everybody, the infidel and the uh, Mohammedan and the Jew and so on. But I don't think for a minute that they could have ever imagined a country that would be quite so diverse and have such large numbers of non-Christian religions and and atheists or Mm non-believers? You know, that's another question. But they intended true faith to be protected, but not by the government, but by society and by a government that strengthened society's natural uh, energies to run in faith channels. 
You know, you made the statement that uh, fences make good neighbors. Is it the presence of the fence, the physical fence, that makes good neighbors, or is it a clear understanding of where the boundary is that makes good neighbors? Which is that? Very perceptive, and, and thanks for getting back to visit it, because I was being sort of ironic at that time. <laughs> That's an old statement, and, and like many of even let's go to the holy book, the Bible, yeah. even a lot of the Proverbs a sort of uh, one-dimensional, uh, often even semi-trite sayings, if you take them on that flat one-dimensional value. Right. In fact, you know, I could give a whole sermon, and I have before, on uh, wisdom literature, Ooh. which is most exemplified in the book of Job, yes, where yes. unknowing friends, meaning well, not knowing the big picture, recite these aphorisms, and they're shown to be empty because they're not complex enough to cover true reality, but they're... You know, they're good guidelines. And so, yes, a clear demarcation is a good start. Mm -hmm. And if you're fighting enemies, at least it keeps your weapons from hitting each other. That's true. But you don't want it on that level. The best neighbors are those that understand each other and can shake across the very least a low hedge. And a hedge (laughs) is another term used by Roger Williams, I think it was, in the early days, talking about the protection of the uh, of the laws of separation of church and state. It provides a separation, a hedge, a barrier between the ravaging uh, forces of secularism and, and true religious faith. So we really don't need church and state to have this wall. They need to have an understanding which serves as a wall. Am I right in saying that? Yes, since we are a nation of laws and the Constitution right. is, the, uh, is the, the beginning of all those things, it's good that the Constitution describes mm-hmm. what amounts yes. to a wall, but yes. it does it in a very free-handed way. Okay. It's almost in the negative. She'll make no laws and not prevent the free exercise. It's sort of legalese, but it, if you really look at it uh, properly, it's, it's erecting a, a very clear division between secular and religious things, between the operation of the church and the operation of the state. So following that line of thinking, are we as a nation failing to provide a clear understanding with Mexico and Canada what those boundaries are, what our boundaries are. And because we can't do that, we're going to go up there with cement and brick and steel and glass. We're going to build a wall. Am I on the right track saying that? Right. Well, we, we all know that this is for popular consumption, but it's, it's, it's a one-dimensional look at what's very complex. Yes, yes. The U.S. as a capitalist country has used the cheap labor in a very uh, free way. And so it's rude for the suddenly to treat them like undesirables. We also, if we look at our history, we stole a good percentage of what was yes, once their did. land. Yes, we did. So history is a messy thing. But at the very least, it should give the present generation a little humility. Yes, yes. <laughs> that we're not necessarily, you know, in a pristine palace. And how dare you step on my threshold? Mm-hmm. I think... Well, while many America uh, see globalism as a threat to the U.S., and I'm not for globalism, but the element of globalism that makes perfect sense is to see people as, as citizens of the world, as fellow human beings, to emphasize our our common needs and desires and and uh, and worries, and to try to work within that to support other human beings. 
So in that regard, this is a retrograde step to sort of up the height of the wall. What I hear you saying, Lincoln, is that uh, God would want us to build a wall, but that wall should be made out of love and understanding. Then we don't have to break out the tools and build a physical one. Am I, am I right saying that? Less expensive. <laughs> it's less expensive. Loving is cheaper than building an actual physical wall. I like that. www.libertymagazine.org is our website. Check it out, listener. You can read articles from Liberty Magazine. All of them are there. As a matter of fact, and you can listen to Lincoln's blogs, you can hear these programs again, subscribe to the magazine for yourself or for people in your community who need to know the things that you just heard and that you hear every week on this program. Very important words of wisdom from Lincoln Steed and other guests who understand that love and understanding and, and tolerance and acceptance and Christian forbearance is the best wall that can come between nations and come between governments and the people they rule. LibertyMagazine.org. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>